Welcome to the Backrooms Podcast, where the word of the day is difficult, which is coincidentally the word I would use to describe cleaning up the audio in this godforsaken room. Today, we're going to be talking all about challenging things and the heinous acts of violence they've left us no choice but to commit onto our undeserving peers and unsuspecting drywall. If this sounds like you, and believe me, you know who you are, please stay a while and listen to our fancy new crispy audio. Sit back, relax, try not to fucking break anything, and as always, enjoy the show. You know what could happen in five minutes? A whole rainforest could just, you know... Welcome to the Backrooms Podcast. I hope everybody is having a wonderful day. That was very insightful. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it I was. worry about it sometimes. But thanks for the warning. Yeah, yeah, you know, right? It's yeah. like not to uh, get preachy, but you know, what these things happen. Not oh, to be these... racist, but not to be <laughs> racist or anything. But... Welcome okay. to the next room. In this room, ten whole you know, rooms. It was a little. It was a little. Um, it was a little difficult getting into this room and. You know, it, it was, sparked a, a debate between what what is difficulty and and how 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 is that used in life <laughs> and video games. <laughs> so, um, to to translate that to English, um, Elden Ring, the next title from From Software, is coming this month uh, as of recording. Uh, February 2022. Um, I'm fucking stoked. These two idiots know how much I love Dark Souls. And how from much software. Love, and from software. So you mentioned it once or twice. Once or twice. Once yeah. or twice. Um, so for me, I'm excited to see this next installment. But it also... When does it come out, by the way? I don't remember this. Uh, either February 22nd or 24th. This, this month, though. This month, February, though, yes. Wow. But the discussion is going to come up again, as it has with every From Software game since Dark Souls 1, or even Demon's Souls. Difficulty and accessibility in gaming. Now, I don't want to say we're really qualified to talk about accessibility and disability in gaming, but we can at least have the other half of the discussion, which is difficulty. Um, so I have a question for you two. Okay. Have you ever broken anything <laughs> because of your frustration in a video game? I, I felt myself getting close. <laughs> I, I can feel myself squeezing the controller at times. You hear, um, you hear the creaks? I, I do have enough self-control to prevent myself okay. from, well, from property you, damage. Good for you. You can't say the same. No, <laughs> no. Um, when I was younger, it was harder. Uh, it was an issue. Yeah. Well, not an issue, but it it came about. I I don't think I've had any scenarios in my adult life like that, where I've broken something out of anger. I've like, you know, maybe smacked a wall or a table, but like not to the extent that it would collapse or break or crack. But no, Paper Mario. Thousand Year Door. I was playing in my uh, my dining room table chair duct tape blanket fort. <laughs> um, Very specific. Okay. I, yes. Um, so what was the you, color of the? <clears throat> so you have table. a couch, right? Yeah. And it's like 
you know, an L, you have you have the butt and you have the back yeah. part. And if you take a chair and you invert it, you know, and yeah. you just put them like this, you get a square. Yeah. And that was the fort. I put oh, the chairs and I taped okay. all the blankets over. So it was sort of like a, you know, a, a catacomb. Intricate. And, and I put it, had, we had a small, t, L, uh, shitty LCD TV. And I had my GameCube set up in there and it was like my space. And I had gotten stuck on a part. I don't, I can't remember the specifics, but it was, I had saved right either at the beginning of a boss battle, of some boss battle or a hard encounter or in the middle of, and not realizing that like, oh shit, like he killed me. And then it loaded back and I'm like, oh, I'm now stuck in a loop of just dying and dying and die because like I, I saved at a point that I wasn't able to recover from. Right. And I got so angry that I had knuckleboned the TV and it broke and <laughs> and the screen went like how the rainforest no. went. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, and then I stopped playing Super Mario or stopped playing Mar uh, Paper, Paper Mario, Mario the Thousand Year Door uh, and I put the TV away and then uh, a couple months later you know my parents wanted to use it for something and like oh it's broken and I'm like oh wow that's weird. <laughs> 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 so we got a new one. They didn't know. <laughs> no, that's inspirational. I never told them. <laughs> so if they listen to this, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I I was ready for you to say that you broke the table, and I was I I was sitting there like cocked and ready to say, "Oh no, our, our table, table. <laughs> it's, it's broken." broken. <laughs> See, I've broken many things in my life out of frustration. See, Brian, you have self control. I don't. I've never physically harmed anyone due to a video game i would fucking hope <laughs> <laughs> i have physically harmed inanimate objects that's, that's like the bare fucking minimum <laughs> jack <laughs> no so i you know growing up I, I did have some um issues with my anger um and it seeps out once in a while when i'm playing difficult games mm -hmm. um i have been called a, a masochist by uh close friends mm -hmm. of ours uh because I play difficult games all the time. And it hurts too good. It, exactly, yeah. It's like, I don't know how to describe what it is about certain, you know, bang my head against the wall until you get through it, right? Um, That's an ultimate sense of satisfaction right. at the end that I was able to accomplish and exactly. push through these hardships exactly. that are my controller on the ground in pieces. So I've broke... So, <laughs> God damn it, where's the vacuum? <laughs> I broke an Xbox controller. I broke a rock band... Uh, this was many years ago. A rock band drum set. You could call that just role play. What? You, you just oh. rocked too hard. Oh, yeah. That's the, what we the told trope the trope of them smashing the guitar. <laughs> that, the that's stars. what we told the tech support guy. So my brother-in-law said that to the tech support guy, so they sent us a new one. Okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we were just getting too hard at it and just snapped off, you know, mm. whatever. Um, I put a hole in the wall because of uh, the game Celeste. That's a hard. Where you go the for the sides? Yeah, I mm, or the cassette tapes. Mm. What about the what is it? The strawberries. The strawberries are fine. Those are not that, you know, they can be difficult. But when you get to those cassettes where you need, like, pixel-perfect precision, I'm not a computer. 
I mean, some of the people who play like Melee pretty much are yeah. those frame perfect, <laughs> pixel perfect, <laughs> subunit measurement of uh, execution. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's dedication. But that brings me to Dark Souls. Dark Elden Ring is set to be another very staggering scale and overwhelming uh, difficulty from software game. And with it has come up, or or I'm expecting at least, the discussion around difficulty. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, the uh, one 2019 game of the year uh, from the Game Awards, and people were thrilled, myself included. Uh, but that game was so difficult for some people that it, it sparked not only a difficulty discussion, but an accessibility discussion. So I want to know, Justin, you, you described it as a sliding scale. You can't have difficulty and accessibility. What you, do you mean by that? You can't, to a degree. Like there is, I think you can strike a balance. You, you can have something that's difficult but is accessible, but there is sort of an upper bound to... If you make something so difficult, there it, it can only be so accessible. And if something is so accessible, it can only be so difficult. Right. Um, maybe games have ways of adjusting for that and compensating, you know, for X player having uh, utilizing some types of accessibility, but still keeping it fair, I guess, to the other to other players that are not utilizing those aids. <clears throat> I guess like a, a a small example would be like in the Forza games. If you're not an avid race car driver or car enthusiast or someone who's experienced in those games, you can turn on all the assists that help you drive the car, but you get quite a bit less credit uh, payout for the races that you do because you're not utilized. You're not playing at that difficult, you know, so, um, capacity. But you're still right. able to play the game in the same right. way that everybody else is. So that's one way to to balance that, but um, yeah, I think it's there is there's no hard lines of mm -hmm. oh if it's this difficult it can only be this accessible. Right. It's just often one trades for the other, you know, right? And it's totally dependent on context too. Yeah, like Dark Souls may be more difficult to implement some types of accessibility or aids to help people without compromising the rest of the gameplay for your for other players right like yourself that enjoy that difficulty right yeah it's um so the handicaps is, is a is a good thing that you mentioned because um i i recently went back and we had mentioned that jack and i both play 007 nightfire <laughs> <laughs> so Naturally, I went home after that episode and I reinstalled it and I played it again for the first time in God knows how many years. And the first thing I noticed was when I when I started a new uh, profile was that the aim assist was not turned on. Mm. And when I played as a kid, I always played with the aim assist. And that game has very, very aggressive aim assist. <clears throat> And the first thing you realize when you don't have it on is that the controls in that game are so incredibly stiff. Really? This is on a, a console. On a console, yes. What what uh, it's on PC as well. Okay. It's you... it's actually it's it's a weird case of the PC port and the console port being actually two separate games. 
like like different missions yeah. and everything like it's yeah. not really like you really? can't compare them yeah no it's not the same game wow. it's weird where, where was it first released do you remember um what console was I, it xbox i don't know which console was first but i think it was console first and then it was a pc port what was the full title 007 nightfire um but the <clears throat> yeah like i said the the controls were so incredibly stiff <laughs> so much so that the game actually if you hold down the left trigger it it locks you in place and then lets you move the cursor to aim your weapon like it doesn't zoom in or anything right. it just gives you a little like crosshair on the screen right, that you right, can right. move around on the screen but you can't move so you're stuck in place like a shooting gallery and you can kind of aim at people huh. directly so if you don't play with the aim assist on it's almost like an objectively inferior experience <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a good example of like antiquated controls kind of creating these unintentional difficulty spikes mm-hmm. that can negatively impact an experience. Um, See, I, I always preferred uh, 007 Agent Underfire. I didn't know that Nightfire was actually a direct sequel yes. to that game. I yes, had yes, no yes. idea they had anything to do with each other, but, but they I, did. Uh, the, I, I felt as if Agent Underfire was much more enjoyable... Um, especially because of a situation like that. Now that you're saying that, I do remember it. Um, huh? Yeah. Well, continue. Continue what you were saying. No, no. That that was pretty much it. Oh. Um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Okay. I mean, like, th- what's an interesting point regarding you bring up aim assist? That's a big debate right now in you know modern times because of now the cross play ability of many titles so overwatch is a good one very competitive shooter on controller you get aim assist on keyboard you don't so when that was first introduced that was like oh you know what whoa what's going on here like controller players i don't think you can cross play overwatch but like it's hard to say like a controller player can beat a PC player because it's 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 not the same game at that point. Mm. You're playing with different, there, you know, skill tiers. There's uh, what I you play Overwatch <laughs> or at least I you played, played it. Overwatch. I played a lot of Winston. games on controller and on mouse and keyboard, like some of the more recent Call of Duty games that I owned on like PC and then I owned on Xbox and or even a good another good example is Titanfall 2. If you plugged it in with a controller, even on PC, it would give you aim assist, yeah. but if you used main mouse and keyboard, it didn't. I never saw that as an issue because inherently the, a joystick controller is not going to be able to give you as much precision and as much speed as a mouse and keyboard. It is physically, I wouldn't say impossible, but there is less because the reason that a mouse has more precision, more speed is because uh, a joystick when you're moving around, when you're specifically aiming, it's time-based. So you have your joystick at an angle for a given amount of time to move it a given distance. Mm. With a mouse, it is distance to distance. It is a one-to-one or one-to-some ratio correlation of I move my mouse X amount, it's going to move it 
X amount in the game every time, no matter what. Right. And because usually when you're playing with a mouse, you have a larger space to work with, a larger physical space, it's easier to have fine motor control over a large space than fine motor control over a very small area that is a joystick. So you're at a detriment right. using a joystick. So I don't ever, I never saw the issue of, oh, people get aim assist and it's like cheating or it's an advantage that, say, a PC player doesn't have. Well, yeah, because they're, you're at a disadvantage with the control with the platform that you're playing on. But that's so funny that you say that because to me who's been playing on consoles my whole life, it's almost jarring to then go play a game on PC, like a first person shooter or whatever. I played Payday 2 on Steam before it came to console, the only place you could play was on Steam. So the first like 10 matches I played, I was like useless. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I am not used to playing on a mouse and keyboard. This is so weird. I hate this. I can't do this. Eventually, I got used to it, and and I got pretty good at the game. And like you said, it is your reaction time is like much yeah, much quicker because you can snap to targets much quicker with a mouse. The joystick, the maximum uh, speed that you can like rotate your character to move them, is bound to whatever your maximum setting is on a mouse. Even if your setting is low, if you flick your hand across a table. It's going to move fast. There's more variability that you can have in both speed and positional uh, precision. But so. even to that point, I still feel like having had like 10 plus years of experience playing FPS games on console, I feel like I am more attuned to how a controller functions. Absolutely. I don't even notice it. You know, I don't notice that delay because that's just what I'm used to. So... I can make it work. Yeah, you know, no. If, this... And if I need to move faster, you know, you can up the sensitivity. And you kind of just have to tweak the settings to find something that works for you. And then and then you're golden. You know, no, the, so... There's definitely... Games have gotten better at accounting for that yes. with being able to adjust sensitivity curves and dead zones and and the level the degree to which aim assist helps you in in sticking to targets and, and a bunch of other stuff. So, right. But you go. I know you... No, no, it's fine. I... I... No, because the question I was going to ask was how much aim assist is too much? Because that's what's going on in Halo Infinite, right? <laughs> 007 Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> so like in, in competitive, uh, and in ranked Halo Infinite right now, um, people who play on mouse and keyboard are throwing a hissy fit. No offense to anybody who does that who's listening, but every offense to you. Um <laughs> They're throwing a hissy fit because they feel as if the amount of aim assist that controllers are getting is too much. So how do you determine, like, is that, like, up to data? Is that up to, like... I imagine you could probably, at least part of uh, a solution or way of testing the waters would be to look at, like statistics of like like accuracy statistics win win loss ratios and like just perform basically performance uh data and information and determine is there a significantly large discrepancy between the control inputs that people are using if there is well maybe we up it if if it's if it's not enough or if it's too much then we can lower it i mean i feel like that would be a pretty straightforward way of of accounting for that maybe but right. there also could be pc players maybe are on average you know better so like right. how do you account for player skill in that i don't even notice aim assist half the time that's because we're so used we're, to it we're so used to it yeah and i feel like it's gotten more <clears throat> gradual over the years like seamless i think se seamless is the is the word i'm looking for like when i say 
I'm not just kidding when I say that 007 Nightfire has very, very aggressive aim assists. Literally, your crosshair will lock onto a target mm-hmm. and will not, if you're within a certain distance, it will not let go. They smart can pistol. like, they can stra- <laughs> exactly. It's like the fucking strafe, pi- uh, the smart pistol. I love that. Strafe thing. pistol. Um, I want you to try something. Bright. You literally can just like spam the trigger and you will get a kill. You can literally just run through levels spamming the trigger and the game does all the aiming for you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I've noticed this since Halo 3. I always wondered from Halo 3 up until a couple years ago, actually, I was always like, why is it so much harder to shoot my teammates than my enemies? It's because of aim assist. In Halo 3? No, in every game. Oh, oh, oh. Or but lack like, thereof. Lack thereof. Your, so your... I, I noticed it first when I was playing Halo 3, though. You don't notice it until it's gone. Yeah, And there's, exactly. a, there's a skull that you can turn on in the Halo campaigns uh, <clears throat> that turns off aim assist. Uh, <laughs> and literally in the description, it says you'll miss it when it's, it's gone. gone. And, and you're like, no, it's fine, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I can't fucking hit yeah. anything. I'm horrible at video games. Mm. I tend to, pref- when it comes to aim assist, I tend to prefer less over more. There was a, a game that came out recently, um, Back for Blood. They were That mm. was yes. made by the yeah. original Left 4 Dead 2 creators or, or teams or whatever. Mm. Um that game's aiming is disgusting in my opinion. Like you So I me- I remember mentioning something to you that it auto like Yeah, there's a set you you told me to I turn that setting off and it makes it like off, 10 times better. But I it also it, it also has a very aggressive aim assist system on top of that that you can't turn off. And it's like what the hell am I playing? I feel like I'm not like this isn't even like I can't control my aiming as much. Too much aim assist, you can't control it. And it can be at a detriment at that point. Yeah, you just feel like you're on rails. That's like it's too, no fun. Yeah, exactly. It, when the game is jerking control from... If it's so aggressive that the game is literally jerking control from you every time you try to aim down your sights, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. It's not a fluid experience. And it just... It's so jarring to the player to be like looking up and then all of a sudden your camera just snaps towards the next target mm-hmm. because that's where the game has decided that you want to... That, that's yeah. where you're going to look now. I don't like it. I the call- I didn't really care for Back for Blood as a whole. To a be honest, a lot of people didn't. <clears throat> um, well, so you know that's that's a similar issue that happens in the Call of Duty campaigns. Actually, if you like ADS or aim down sights, it's going to lock to the closest target. It's, it's more kinda, aggressive in yeah. the single. Well, is it? To, yeah. to, to expand to oh, a hundred percent in the campaign. Yeah, um, but it's been a long time. A, as an extension of our um, discussion on difficulty. Back for Blood is horribly, horribly unbalanced in terms of its enemy placement and, like, special enemy type spawning. Mm. You are engaged by, like, a special enemy type every 30 seconds in Back for Blood. Whereas maybe it would be, like, maybe one every two, three minutes in Left 4 Dead. It's, like, 20, 30 seconds it's in not, It doesn't Blood. feel as special it at that point. It is constant. It, exactly. It doesn't feel special because it's, like, I just killed three of these. Now there's another one? Mm-hmm. Like, this is insane. And they don't, they're not pushovers either. If right. it was like you could knock them down in a few hits, wouldn't be as big of a deal. But like, they are dealing damage. They mm-hmm. are knocking you back. It is. It hurts when they show up and it's constant. It's, it's so overbearing yeah. and it's not enjoyable at all. I didn't like it. Well, at what, so then if that's the, if that's the case, at what point does does it become too much? 
So how do you how do you how does a game go from hard to frustrating? There's fairness There's and difficulty. So many factors that go into that. So what's like what's fair? What's unfair? So, give me an example. So what I think two things that would be unfair would be one um randomness that is difficult or impossible to account for. You know, like say you I don't know, burst into a building or you start a new level and it's just you'll have maybe sometimes a, a random enemy will, enemy will just be there to shoot you in the face that you that or or there's some random variables or element that that the difficulty of maybe you know i don't know jackal snipers it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah you'll get like it, it, it's or it's elements that are difficult to account for so difficulty i think fair difficulty comes in being able to expect what's to come it may be difficult and i think this is something that dark souls does relatively well is that yeah maybe the bosses and a lot of the enemies are difficult but they have um, a rhythm to and patterns that you can recognize. And that even though there may be like tight timing or certain, you may have to plan and strategically figure out how to approach the situation. Um, it's never going to be, oh, now he just randomly flew up in the sky and, and, and ground pounded me like out of nowhere. These just random actions or random elements or, oh, a guy came out of the ground, but he happened to come right below my feet and I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't have time to react. So ran randomness um, and uh, precision, o over or a uh, too much necessity on having precise input. I think it there's only there's a certain kind of player that enjoys that. It's definitely more niche than it's than like a it melee is. player, <laughs> or like <laughs> someone who plays uh, the cassettes. On uh, um, on Celeste, like yeah. not everybody, people are fine just completing the normal game, yeah, and that's it. Um, but if your game by default requires to have these very precise inputs that necessitate you just muscle memory practicing over and over and over without feeling any sense of progression or being able to be rewarded for your efforts, that becomes a difficulty that um, that I think loses a lot of players. There, there, there's a balance in, in how precise do I need to be so like aim assist if there is none and the aiming itself is difficult or cumbersome that's that's a difficulty that I don't think is fair you're just your general control of a character shouldn't be difficult to control it shouldn't be difficulty in just maneuvering myself unless that's part of the game design Maybe so like, like human some, fall flat that's yeah I think part of that though so with human fall flat that's part of the appeal is it's sort of a goofy nature to it. Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to platform like in Celeste is or that, something. Is that the gimmick? <laughs> what? Oh, we're going, we're going back. Flat. Flat. We're going back to our oh. beginning episodes. Uh, I'm like losing my well, train where, of thought. Where things get frustrating, to expand on what you said, um, there's nothing enjoyable about replaying the same sections of a mission over and over again due to things that are outside of your control. So Dark Souls does it well where any enemy that has the ability to incapacitate you in one to two hits needs, needs, absolutely 100% has to telegraph said attack, yes. right? And that's the problem that Halo 2 Jackal Snipers have. <laughs> I'm serious. No, you're they, right. Literally, the experience of playing Halo 2 on Legendary is honestly memorizing where all the locations of the snipers are 
and then having a fast enough reaction time to take them down before they can take you yeah. down. There's no like it's wiggle not, room. There's no wiggle room yeah. in that. You you have to engage them first because there's nothing else you can do because they will kill you. They won't telegraph it either. Halo Infinite I was worried when I I heard the Jackal snipers were coming back. Yeah. And they do they a do lot of damage. Really well. But they telegraph two shots, two shots, and they give you that little laser but sight, like glint. Yeah. that uh, little glint and the laser sight that you can follow to see where they are. Yeah. That gives you a split second to either evade or put down a shield or just shoot them. That's an idea I think they took from uh, Naughty Dog in um, Uncharted. In Uncharted, as soon as you come out of cover usually higher powered um enemies they will intentionally miss their first shot or first couple of shots to give you a second and for snipers or longer range enemies they have a laser sight that they miss the first shot but that second shot if you if you hesitate you take too long you're down if do you, you do you remember that mission from uh, Call of Duty World at War um where you're you're the sniper with Reznov yes in um in Russia and you're pinned down by a sniper up in the like top floor of a hotel. Yeah. And literally, that entire section of the mission is just you watching for the glass. He's running around on like different yes. floors of the hotel, yes. and you just have to look. You have to keep your eyes open and watch for that glare on his lens. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see it, he'll kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll replay that section of the yeah. mission over and over again until you kill him. But you have to look for the glare. Yep. The glare is there. That is what enemies have to do. Yes. They need to be able to telegraph to tell you, if you don't react to this, you are going to die. Right. There's nothing unfair about a one-hit kill if the game affords you the opportunity to react to it. Right. Or communicates that this Or communicates this that it's going to happen if you don't alter your it, course in some way. I don't think it's necessarily fair if I have to have preconceived notions or information about a certain scenario to be able to get through that. So like uh, Halo 2 Jackal snipers. Mm -hmm. If I'm playing on Legendary, I have to know where they're going to be and at what points in the mission already to really be able to appropriately avoid them. I shouldn't have to already know the state of things. it's just trial and error then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a game. It's a a puzzle. It's a... yeah. Yeah. That brings up the question of... So you're saying like, oh, if you don't react fast enough. There was uh, something I read the, uh, a couple weeks ago now at this point, actually. No, probably longer. Whatever. Um, where, so Jedi Fallen Order, um, mm. they, they actually t- t- made an interesting difficulty adjustment in regards to like easy, medium, hard difficulty or whatever they were actually called. Um, Whereas most games, it's like, oh, more health or more damage or this or that or whatever the case may be. They did it to, like, the timing, the amount of frames that you had to, like, block or attack or do this or that was shortened or lengthened depending on the difficulty. I like um, that. Which is interesting. I mean, me personally, when I played it on the hardest difficulty and I still found it too easy. Um, coming from someone who plays Dark Souls. That's coming from someone who has the experience in Dark Souls. Um, so I, I would I would say that's a little um biased but at, if if you're going to do difficulty adjustments like that 
does that take away from the identity of let's let's say some uh, like fucking neo the um company uh the the games that like ripped off dark souls like to the t um they fuck you like they go so far into like sometimes truly like unfair territory that it sometimes breaks the game at what point does a game like dark souls or neo like like are you taking away from the identity of that game if you put in an easy mode because that's that's always been like does dark souls need an easy mode is always like the clickbait title right i don't think it takes away from the game because you can communicate that hey maybe this this difficulty or this set of settings is the intended way to play the game or the normal way of playing the game and then here if you are finding it difficult or whatever the reason is you can then enable these assists or turn it down to an easier setting faster than light is a game that was released on pc almost probably like eight years ago if 10 years ago almost at this point um and it's a i cannot remember the names of genres but it's sort of a real-time um dynamically generated uh i guess roguelike type of game where if you die you die if you if you lose all your crew members and your ship blows up that's it you reset and each time you uh create a ship and then play through the game it's going to be a different experience the order in which you explore a certain galaxy is different the encounters are going to be completely different so it's always a new experience and it was a hard game it was a hard game and there was only like one there was um I believe, did it start out with one difficulty? I think it either started out with just the normal difficulty and like hard, and hard is like fucking hard. <laughs> and eventually, I guess enough communication or feedback was given that they introduced an easy mode right. to the game because like enough people had issues, difficulties with the game that I guess maybe they weren't enjoying it. And... If you play the game and you start it off, it will just default to just the normal difficulty. Uh, and it, when you hover over it, it'll give you, it'll tell you specifically like what it changes and how it changes the experience. And I think things like that are fine. It doesn't take away, you know, as long as you're communicating what maybe what's what's going to be different about the experience or maybe which one is like the normal or intended way to play, then I think that's fine. It's just because someone else wants to have an easier time doesn't shouldn't impede on how you are enjoying the right. game. Why does that matter? I think it's important to understand that the majority, I would argue the majority of gamers mm. do not actually play them religiously, right? Your average gamer has a nine to five job mm. and uses video games as a way to wind down de-stress at the end of a long day. Your average right? gamer is also probably a teenager these days. Sure. Yeah. But... There's Either a very way. big percentage of players mm -hmm. that are not always looking for edge of your seat, gripping combat systems right. and that, that require 110% of their attention. Or require many hours of dedication or, to become good at, to be able to surpass. Or snapshot decision making and all that kind of stuff. There's a very significant reason why games like Call of Duty and mobile games are like 30% of Activision's uh, <laughs> employee yeah. uh, focus. But 
and that's not to say that they're they're stupid games or that the people who play them are stupid, but they are simpler in nature. Right. They're they're easier to kind of just pick up and play. Pick up and play. Turn your brain off for a couple hours, just de-stress and just have a good time. Fucking um, Candy Crush. How much of Activision's revenue is Candy Crush? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't I don't think that these games really need an easy mode because I think that they it's a specific audience that these games are are targeted towards that's you know not every game has to be targeted to every single player under the sun i get it you're a business ideally everybody in the world would want to buy your product but like dark souls isn't for everybody right and i i think regardless of how easy you make it i don't think it's still gonna be for everybody Mm um see i that's where i would agree with you on that i know um i'm in the uh, a lot of people these days um do like i know i'm in the minority when i say like i don't think dark souls needs to be made easier or it needs to have a difficulty setting to make the game easier because i feel like i i know it's kind of difficult to justify this um because i do believe the dark souls and the from software games are in a very unique segment where like celeste you can put um you have your easy mode, which is your normal playthrough, and then the hard mode, if you want to challenge yourself, you go for the strawberries, you go for the so on and so forth. Jedi Fallen Order, just change the difficulty. But that's that's a game that I feel its identity is not difficulty. Its identity is that entire story. Um, Dark Souls, the identity of the, the world and the, and the game is you, you will not survive. You are not supposed to be surviving this. You are supposed to be getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would... It, when does that become not fun? Like, to how much should, should, you know, how much can you beat down a player before it's not enjoyable or before... But that's just it. I would Th- say that's up to the player. That's like, literally, when we started this episode, Jack said he's people call him a masochist, you know? Some people are looking for that kind of an yeah. experience from their games. I do. And and if you're the kind of person that is saying, well, what about the rest of us that want to experience the story and want to right. see what it's like at the end of the game? Well, that's not owed to you. <laughs> the developer doesn't owe you these things. It, if you want that, you have to earn it. You have to get better at the game and you have to achieve that. And at the end of the day, if you can't do that... I, there's always YouTube. <laughs> you know, you can always do that too. Yeah. And that might like be con- a, that might be a controversial yeah, statement, yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm of the opinion that game developers don't necessarily owe you satisfaction. All of our phones just went out. I thought that was like an amber alert or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like we were nervous for a second. Um <clears throat> it was a group chat. Um what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> and on that note, and on I that think note. this would be a good note for a word from our sponsor, Anchor. <laughs> okay. Or, or whoever else is sponsoring us. Yeah, whoever. Or whoever. Or whoever. You, not just Honey. Anchor. Please. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ADHD. We're making so I have no we fucking as like idea. a collective amalgam of persons. Yeah, we're as the entity of <laughs> us. I'm making abstract art out of the fucking sound waves on my laptop. <laughs> so uh, because of that, uh, we're just gonna fucking transition straight to the next topic. 
Um, and what would that be? I don't know, Brian. You tell me. So I really have been wanting to talk about this over the past couple of days. Was that your fucking idea of an intro? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. You tell me. <laughs> no, I I really, really, I, I've been on a, a bender lately, a 360 bender of just playing all my old, uh, my classic Xbox games that are backwards compatible on my 360. And one of them is Outlaw Golf 2. That's golf. That's golf. That's golf. That's golf. It's so not, though. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about this game. It is, I, neither, I'm assuming neither of you know I've what this game is. I've never heard of it. Right. Not I've a lot of people of have. It's, it's, a, it's a very odd thing in that it's, a pretty obscure franchise and yet it also spawned like eight sequels <laughs> really did it not, really not all golf games but there's like there's two outlaw golf games there's outlaw volleyball um there's outlaw table tennis i believe mm. there's 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 like a whole bunch that are like a what's bunch of the, different sports what's the premise it is What's really? the story? I don't want to know what the world building is like. There's no story. Is there a moral <laughs> dilemma? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it is it, it is a very much a relic of a bygone era. It is probably the most early 2000s thing you will ever see in your entire life. <laughs> it is how can we make golf edgy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's but it's it's and I say this with 100% honesty, it's probably the best sports game I've ever played. Oh, God. It's really good. Um, it, it's a very fleshed out golf game. Okay. It's just very, very raunchy. Okay. <laughs> like, all of the characters are basically, like, different stereotypes. Like, one's a wannabe gangster. Oh, okay. From Rodeo Drive. <laughs> One of them is... A hillbilly. One of them is a biker chick. One of them is a porn star. One of them is a serial killer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, walk into a bar. <laughs> um, and really, for people that know the franchise, it, they can describe it as, oh, it's the game where you can beat the shit out of your caddies. <laughs> can you really? So, yes, you can. Oh, okay, so the game play. has a composure meter, which they use to simulate frustration, okay. essentially. So, the difficulty. I was gonna ask, the, how does this? The, the difficulty in the game comes from the natural aspects of playing golf: the yes. terrain of the course, the wind speed and direction. You have to factor all those things into your shots to make sure that you can aim accurately and and get the lowest score possible. Um, so, if you make bad shots, like you land in the sand pit or water hazard, and and you screw up your shots your composure will be negatively affected, mm. which simulates frustration, which will then cause you to not be able to hit your balls quite as far. Interesting. Which okay. can kind of have like a, kind of a negative feedback loop where if you're playing like shit, you're going to keep playing right. like shit because now it's going to negatively impact your future shots. That's actually pretty and the the realistic, inverse of it, if you're doing really well, or if you use a beating token and beat the shit out of your caddy, your composure will skyrocket, and then you can hit your balls farther <laughs> and uh, play better. <laughs> it's, I see. It's ridiculous. I, it's a ridiculous fucking wait, game. Wait, so the level of composure, like if your composure goes up, you are less or more frustrated? If, if, if composure it's, a, goes, it's a scale, so it goes both ways. No, no, it, no. It, I think Justin's asking, like, your composure goes up, your frustration goes down. 
Right, right. Yeah. If your composure goes up, you're in the so, zone, and if it goes down, you're in the gutter. So, so severely beating up someone, it puts you in a good mood. Gets your frustrations. It just gets out. your frustrations out, okay. and you can play like normal. See, that's why, like you know, before we were we were joking around, like I've never physically abused anyone because of a video game. Jesus Christ! Um, I hope for you've never done that for any reason whatsoever. Doesn't work in real life. It doesn't work in real life. But that's not what I wanted to say. Oh, I just wanted okay. to give you a back background of the the kind of game I'm talking about. And for what it's worth, the game is hysterical. I, I love it. The, I love beating the caddies. voice acting is great. All of the mocap, all of the cutscenes are mocapped. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's hysterical for like a 2004 game. It's like really funny. Um, but um, th- so where this comes into the difficulty portion, it, I think is an issue that stems in a lot of sports games in that it's really hard to kind of define. Especially with golf, how do you strike difficulty aside from, you know, the natural barriers like sand pits or wind speed or water hazards? If you're playing against, let's say, an AI mm. in that game, because a lot of the, the main campaign right, you go is up against AI, going up against yeah. AI. Golf is not a game where you can negatively impact the other person's performance it's not like football where you can tackle the guy who has the ball and stop them from gaining any yardage you're kind of stuck you're so when you play this game and what i noticed over the past few days it's like you're basically just waiting kind of hoping that the ai is going to shit itself and like screw up somewhere and it's like how do you decide when that is is it is the AI literally like scripted to screw up at some point? Mm-hmm. Because literally, you can play a perfect game, but if the AI also plays a perfect game, then you tie and you you still lose technically. Right. So it's like uh... that's you you can play literally perfectly and still not win because the AI just didn't shit itself at some point. Right. And I don't know if the game is designed so that the AI is supposed to kind of screw up at some points or not. Or if it's not, because sometimes it, they're horrendous. Sometimes the AI cannot play for for shit, and then other times they're better than me. And, right. and it's like I, right. I'm playing the best I can, and I can't beat them. I'm they're not beating me, but like You're, they're beating their caddies. They're be- yeah, they're beating their caddies, but they are on par with me. And golf is one of those games where if you're not doing better you lose. Right. You know? So I just thought that was like an interesting tidbit to kind of mention. Well, so the, how do you how do you strike a difficulty balance in something like that? So when, when AI gets added to the equation when it comes to difficulty, uh, I, I'm definitely not qualified to discuss any sort of technical aspects. I don't know if you have any experience in AI with your um, computer science experience, Justin. No. Um, no, I mean, the only, the only, <laughs> no. the only AI experience I have is with statistics. <laughs> um, that's not going to be of any use here. Well, um, because I know it, from a, from a layman's standpoint, which is where I am sitting as, as a, 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 a surveyor of these games, as a, as a user of these games, Halo Infinite, let's go back to Halo as always. It, everything stems from Halo. Um, is that is that our monetization bell ringing? <laughs> <laughs> Check off the contract box. Yep, yep, there we go. 
um, when they were developing Halo, they wanted to add the AI, uh, the the uh, Spartan AIs for mm-hmm. like uh, the bots uh, they were called, and what they they hired they had a whole team dedicated to just figuring out how difficult should this level AI be and this and this and this like who do we model it after like a a level uh, Spartan AI is on par with what level player and is it going to be a perfect player there's a lot of guessing to it and there's a lot of, of of background data and statistics that you can probably run through to try and get like what's the most positive experience but it's always going to be a challenge when AI is added to the equation. Um, I think the first we 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 can go all the way fucking back with that. Like when the first chess game was computerized, mm. and people were like, "Oh, this computer is not going to be able to beat a human. It's a fucking piece of machine," and. 12 years later. No, that, I mean, no. The, the, <laughs> first, com- many. the first computerized, you know, ch- chess player beat a world champion in chess because chess is one of those games where you can literally program it to make it perfect because it's all just statistics. Like, probability of winning if I make this move is X. And uh, yeah. like, there there is no real variation in like there's not enough variables for there to be an impact with like an ai in um halo infinite or even maybe even in golf like yeah you can randomize the wind you can randomize this and that and that but that ai you have to probably program it so that the ai doesn't have access to certain of these variables or or like like i said i I can't really get into the technicals because i'm not qualified to right but it was more just kind of like a hypothetical question um processing 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 that's how the thought goes just you know just goes i'm just fucking lost that's fine (laughs) my thought just disappeared that's okay. I have something to say. Yeah. What do you have to say? Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm lying. I'm just going to think of something right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, AI is an interesting aspect to difficulty in, in video games. Uh, I recently watched... Was it by Anantech? They, I think it's them that does series, uh, video series on documenting um, development experiences of different types of games. Like there was one on the first Dead Space game. There was uh, one on uh, with the director uh, of most of the Forza games uh, and various other ones. And Forza in particular is one I watched recently. And with AI in racing games and in car games... Because a lot of the, the the difficulty in say in a car game is going to come from how well can you control the vehicle, and how it, um, how perfect or imperfect are your AI opponents going to be controlling their vehicle? Because you could race the perfect line and they would just win every time, more or less. Like if you had the same car versus same car. You could just make an AI just win. Yeah, so that that's kind of like that's, a TAS for um, for speedruns. 
you know like same idea you you just make it perfect yeah yeah and with uh a, a lot of if you've played like older racing games like older need for speed stuff and midnight club la midnight, or midnight club, club, the midnight club series <laughs> fucking phenomenal game. <laughs> i love that game you know it was another great racing game Project. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2. Fuck you. No. Burnout? Project Gotham Racing. I actually, I met one of the guys who did the, the music. <laughs> what? The the music and audio <laughs> production. No, I am. I actually <laughs> really cool like that game. It wasn't credits. You didn't get credits in that game as currency. You got kudos. And it was like, kudos hey. to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I had three K. Oh, dude, remember Halo Reach? But what the fuck? Oh, what a great game. The what fuck does that have anything? Do? To... You said credits. Oh, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> well, with a lot of racing games, okay. a really common <clears throat> way for AI to maintain uh, pace with a player is, is it does something called rubber banding, which I think everybody has experienced if you played at least like one car game in your life, and that. The idea of that is if you're really far ahead, the AI will get just uh, a subsequent speed boost or it'll be pulled towards the player faster than the vehicle is actually capable of just to be able to keep pace with the player and keep the race, I guess, engaging or interesting. And same thing uh, in the other way. If the AI is too far ahead, it will subsequently slow down the vehicle, even though it could technically be continuing to go faster and beat you. Um, Difficulty dependent. And with Forza, it doesn't do that. They um, will adjust how, because with Forza, the it's a it's a more of a at least in the motorsport series and how it originally began, it was closer to like a simulation type of car game, and so rather than meddling with I guess the physics of the game to try and push the car to be faster or slower. They adjust um, essentially the, I don't know how you would state it, the difficulty or the skill of the driver to compensate for how far back or how to how far forward that that driver is compared to the player. So it dynamically adjusts how well the car performs or how well the AI is controlling the car to keep pace with the player. And also, again, the bounds of that are the difficulty you set. So if it's on like super pro or expert or whatever the top uh, thing is, it probably won't really slow down at all for you. Um, That's a very, I feel a unique way of doing it. It was cool. I think it's, it's, it's a more fair way of introducing difficulty because you're not going beyond the limits of like, you're not introducing capability that the player doesn't have access to, which can feel unfair. Like you give, that is a cheap and shortcut way to, um provide challenge and difficulty to a player like say it's against i don't know a, a cars are a good example other things like um fps games a way to give challenge is just to make them perfect or to give them the ability to turn or rotate or know where the player is going to be before um you know before they say round a corner around a wall that's not functionality that the player has but the ai gets because it, that's the way it compensates um, for maybe not being as intelligent as a human, but again, that those that's more prevalent in like older games, and I think it's become more advanced now that they can be a little more adaptive about it. Mm-hmm. 
I think a more recent example that that would apply to players is like um like Mario Kart. You know how yeah. let's say it, b- 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 the power-ups, right? So if you're in first place, <clears throat> you're going to get stuff like the gold coins or the banana peels. I fucking hate Mario Kart. <laughs> the stuff that's not you also extremely hate Mario Party. powerful. If you Stupid. are falling behind, the game will alter what power-ups you're going to get. Right. You'll the get like the bullet bill you're gonna get, or yeah. the blue shell or something that's going to give you an edge over the players that are they're dominating over the race. You also get like speed boosts and pullbacks if you're like in first or if you're in last and it, because it tries to keep everyone kind of grouped together, right. which is also why I hate the game because I'll drive it. I'll play it like it's like a driving game and then I just lose because of that stupid stuff and I don't like it. <laughs> I want to win because I'm better. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Nick's really good at that game. I don't understand he what he does. That's why. He, that's why he wants to play it all the time. You know what Ryan does? <laughs> For the same reason you want to play Smash all the time. <laughs> These are two of our good friends. He will in Mario in Mario Kart. He will stay back. He will literally this is, stay. Well, Ryan. Does. This is Ryan, and he'll he will, he'll use that as like. Yes, I did he that will as well. stay back really far for like a whole lap or more and then he'll start going and with the speed boost and the high likelihood of getting really good items by the time he catches up it's he's getting towards like first place or the higher places by the time the race is ending so he typically ends yeah. really far ahead yeah. I, I, it's frustrating it's frustrating it almost punishes I, so that's a, that's a good question is that punishing good players yes or absolutely or is it rewarding more strategic gameplay? So it depends on because what because you could you could I think definitely that... look at what Ryan does as a more strategic way of playing the game instead of just trying. But to if win everybody right did out the that, game. it wouldn't work, right? That's so I think that's an it unintended consequence of a that's a high choice. accessibility game. Like yes. at the, to the detriment so, of to the detriment I, it could of, be to the detriment. It could be to the detriment of the experience. That's where you get into something like the prisoner's dilemma where, you know, if you both do nothing, you or you both do the wrong thing, you're screwing each other over. Um and in that case if everybody did that, you know, you it you're not work. Getting, it wouldn't work, yeah. Um but it, it's that that's a game that's like a super high accessibility right. and game. It's supposed to be a fun game. You're not supposed that's the to, thing. It yeah. keeps you together to try and can keep engagement while it, because it tries not to exclude um, the lower skilled players because higher skilled players are going to just go ahead and win. And like it will. It, right. Right. It's, a, it's sh- a family game. I know. Like I, I played with a couple of you like Ryan and I played with you guys and other, our other friends and like Forza, for example. And I know that sometimes it can feel like like. You guys just I can't, can't compete. I can't compete like, with because Ryan because we, we're more experienced with it. We play it more often, mm-hmm. and it it, and it it kind of feel I feel bad that that and that's something that Mario Kart I guess solves in that aspect that it brings that gap closer yeah. and pr- still continues to provide that engagement between the players. Yeah, I think so, I think. Go ahead. No, you, you both go, think. Wow, you both think. I do think <laughs> we <sometimes> have times. <laughs> we have. Thunk. Every once in a while, I'll rub two brain cells together, and I'll come up with a nice idea. Hey, where'd you get a second one? <laughs> <laughs> Thrift shop down the road. But, uh, <laughs> it's not even mine. It's someone else's. It's a fucking hand-me-down. Um, 
Fucking damn it! And I lost what I was gonna say. I think I think that's where the, the intention of the developer comes in, and that that circles me back to Dark Souls um, and Elden Ring and all the From Software games. You know, this is a circle, a ring, Elden Ring. It's a circle. Fuck, dude, life is meaningful now. <laughs> um, so recently in an interview, um, uh, Miyazaki, the um head uh head of um From Software, um, he recently did an interview ta- talking about. Uh, a lot of different things, but the the discussion of difficulty came up, and um, I'm going to quote him here. Uh, quote, we don't try to force difficulty or make things hard for the sake of it. We want players to use their cunning, study the game, memorize what's happening, and learn from their mistakes. We don't want players to feel like the game is unfairly punishing, but rather that there's a chance to win a difficult encounter and make progress. End quote. So it was hot. It was fucking sexy, right? <laughs> um, the, and then he goes on to say, you know, we're not trying to intentionally lower the game's difficulty. We're not trying to design around difficult. We're not trying to design around making the game easier. But we're trying to give people tools to allow to allow them to. Uh, make it over that hump. So Elden Ring seems like it's he he says that he thinks more players are going to be able to finish the game this time around versus previous titles, which goes back to what you were saying, not everybody's going to be able to finish the game. Sek- uh, Sekiro or right. like Sekiro I think everyone needs to experience it. Whether or not you can you know beat it, I I feel bad if you can't, don't get me wrong, but there's there's a video online uh, and on Reddit of a quadriplegic beating Sekiro. You have no excuse. You, like, I I do have an excuse. I don't have a PS4. It's not. It's I played it on PC. I have also have a Mac. It's also on Xbox. <laughs> Is it on Xbox? Yeah, I thought it was an exclusive. No, that's that's Bloodborne. Oh right, right, which right. Bloodborne was so fucking difficult for me. I it took me. Like I had to, st- that was the only game I ever stepped away from, took like a year off from, and went back without ever fe- beating the first boss because I just couldn't beat it. Wow. And <clears throat> all of a sudden it just clicked. Um, and I was able to start making progress through the game. Still fucking difficult. Still. F- f- it was, I think Bloodborne was m- more. F- it was fucked up. It's fucked up. It was dude. fucked. But it's a nice analogy for life. It's like when you can't overcome something, leave it. Come back with a different. Come back with a different mindset. And I think that, to me, that's one of the reasons I personally like these games a lot. Not only because I'm a masochist, but because <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's important to self-reflect like yeah it sounds stupid i can't beat him why can't i beat him obviously there's a reason maybe i can't see that right now right i'll come back exactly like a fucking those fucking monkeys in sakura (laughs) is that the one that you cut the head off there's that one and then there's like the the the, screen monkeys yeah the ones i was running around for like almost an hour and then like i just sat i was like you know what let me just sit here and i sat there i looked around the map I didn't even move my character. I'm just looking around, and then I see footprints. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I see where they lead. It was right behind me. I'm like, I turn around. Oh, no. I slash. He's been following me 
the whole fucking time. That's awesome. Yikes. And it's like, fuck me, right? Like, I, sh- I, I beat that part. I shut off the computer and I walked away. I had to reflect. I'm like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the idiot. But no, it was, inti- it was intended that way. You have to question yourself. That was a little rant. But. No, you're fine. I I did remember cool. what I was going to say earlier, oh, um, good. and then I forgot again. But I think I remember. <laughs> now it's a new thought. Now it's it's evolved. It's right. It's <laughs> it went to hibernation. Let's say it mutated. <laughs> I side grade. <laughs> um, I think that the question of do games need an easy mode is really kind of a question that's not asked by the general gaming population i think you're disgusting (laughs) i don't know if you heard that justin just ripped ass oh my god where do you want to go my god once again the thought is lost (laughs) um but um it's it's a question that's that is really asked by people like you and and this was your idea for an episode do games need an easy mode you are a player who plays these more kind of extremely challenging but highly rewarding kind of games not everyone plays those types of games not to repeat myself but it's not for everyone right and to say that every game needs to be super challenging and or every game needs to be accessible to everyone i don't think you i don't think either or is the right answer i think that there are certain games that people gravitate towards i think we were talking about mario kart when when this thought came to me and you said that it's frustrating to want to play the game in a more competitive light, but it's an arcade game. Right. It is a party game, and it's not meant to be a super competitive kind of racing game. I have game. to like, so turn my brain off to play that right, game and enjoy it's it. It's frustrating to come into it with a competitive mindset when it's not aimed towards a competitive kind of arena. So to funnel games into a lens of does it need to be super challenging or does it need to be accessible to everybody... I don't think either is the right answer. So That's just my opinion. I agree with most of that. I think accessible in like when I'm talking about accessibility, I'm talking about like like colorblind modes, remapping of controllers, like all of that needs to be in every game. Sure. Yes. If you're it, then I guess I'm misinterpreting the 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 word Ex- accessible. Yeah, so I, I'm what, not saying that like people who are disabled should not be able to play video games. Right, that's right, not right, what I'm right, saying. Right, right, right. I, when I when I say accessible, I mean like you get it to play be Peggle easy enough. It. You get to play <laughs> no, fucking. What I mean is I don't dig think dug and enjoy it. <laughs> not every game needs to be incredibly easy. Exactly. That anyone can just pick up and play it. Exactly. That, that's yes. what I mean. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. No. That that is where I stand personally, because. I know, like, Brian, you and I are actually in a minority with that because um, at least it seems like it because if you go online in certain communities, um, there's a lot of discourse about this question of, like, you know, if you think Dark Souls doesn't need an easy mode, you're just – you're an idiot. Um, I I, I don't like to take an extreme side. Like, don't get me wrong. This idea of the get good mentality is – can be kind of toxic like there was a whole fucking um what's it called made on reddit 
uh, on the uh, Dark Souls subreddit, a uh, copy pasta, and it was some guy. He's like uh, replying to a uh, an article written, like an IGN article or something that said, "Yeah, I beat Sekiro with cheats, and I and I'm not ashamed about it or whatever." And somebody commented like you've cheated yourself and you've che- cheated the industry. It's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's like fucking grow up. Let him do what he wants. He can do what he wants with that game. It's ultimately about your own enjoyment right. and your own experience. Like it, it, why does it matter if someone else does that? Maybe they're not experiencing it in the way it was intended or the way right. that everybody else experienced it. But what does it fucking matter? That's their own experience. Absolutely. Right. I agree with I re- that. I remember when I was younger, I used to like, <laughs> I used to almost get offended when people would like play games with mods on. Like like zombies, like right. God zombies. I was like, this isn't how the game is supposed to be played, right. dude. Why are you playing it this way? But yeah. you know, now now that I'm older, it's like, well, because it's fun for some yeah. people. As yes, as... it takes like a lot of the challenge of it takes the whole challenge away from the game at times when you can jump and fly around yeah. the map and have unlimited ammo but and do whatever it, you want. It makes it intriguing. But it's, it's stupid. Different. It's yeah, fun. Exactly. You know, it's it's like whatever. You're goofing off with your friends. It doesn't really yeah. matter. And at the end of the day, somebody else's interaction with a piece of media should really not affect right. me at all yeah. really i'm going to do what i want with this piece of media and that's it and However, you're gonna do what you do and you know and what? i i'm surprised you're saying that because you hate the fact that i have cat ears i sure do <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like that that idea i think extends to like most of should extend to most of life like why should you care i think so uh, much as about long, what as long as it's not doing. affecting me yeah, exactly. You have a right to do. It know, does whatever. affect me. I, I want to say, um, <laughs> I had two things to say. One of them I forgot. One of them I remember. So hopefully the other one comes back to me. No. Yeah, me too. Um, for, I think every single, almost every single game needs to have some form of challenge to be an engaging game. I disagree, but go ahead. I'll, I'll... I disagree with your disagreement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll contest you once whether, you're done. <laughs> whether it's something that is relatively easy or less, um, I don't know, something like like simple mobile games, for example, that, that are easy to pick up and play. Um, th- just because they're easy. And when I say challenge, I don't mean like, highly difficult i just mean something that something to make you think so yeah something that is not completely mindless because the because if you have there are games that are more or less you kind of just turn your brain off and just don't do anything i or mean like you don't think you're just as i don't know how to involuntarily almost playing it ha- have you guys ever played cookie clicker no you guys i are... automated the shit out of that yeah <laughs> but that's like that's mindless i i have been addicted over the past few weeks i've been addicted to this mobile game where you basically just kind of like sort watercolors in these little no. test tubes you just you you let you segued perfectly into what i was going to say about that because if you don't have games that provide some kind of challenge or difficulty the other the only other way really to um have like uh what is it player retention and engagement like continued engagement with the game is if you were to continue uh, almost like a constant drip feed uh of content or reward to the player to give them that sense of satisfaction that they would otherwise get from accomplishing or completing like say a challenging aspect of that game Mm. so like cookie clicker the the reward is like 
more cookies and i get more cookies so i can make things to get more cookies it's like that it's that that dopamine spiral of i need more and that that is what some games do it's like and other pieces of media where it's just constant giving like I, honestly some of the recent like for for me at least forza games have been have felt like that where it's like before I had to work. I had to kind of grind a bit to to gain enough money to be able to like buy the really rare cars or maybe some of them weren't, you know, always available. Uh and now it's just like, oh, hey, here's a Lamborghini Hurricane just for fucking existing. Yeah. Here's $200,000 just like those wheel spins and constant gifts and it's just like it decreases the inherent for it me, desensitizes the inherent, you. Yeah. And and the inherent like value that I see in those, and and I have less incentive to play the game. And for me, the only reason to play the game now is just for the sake of the core game of just driving a car. Like I'm not working towards goals, um, in in that sense. So it so can... in many games, the goal is overcoming that challenge. Yes, I think every game needs that. Otherwise, you get games that are that stream of content or stream of reward. Yeah. To give you that satisfaction that you don't get from the that you aren't getting from the challenge. Okay. I know you want to say stuff. It's literally bottled up. You're about to shit it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disagree <laughs> with me. I dare you. <laughs> so I'll stab. I <laughs> am not a fan of like those kind of mobile games where you are funneled into like a set time frame that you're allowed to play, and if you expend that time frame, you have to either I uh, either a wait a set time period before you can play some more or b crack open that wallet yeah and shell mm. out a little bit of money for you to be able to play See, the, the reason, game a little bit the reason more. you hate it so much is because you do it just uh, like me <laughs> sometimes you know how much money i've spent so, on clash of clans i'm about to go God. real obscure on your asses and i used to play a game called my singing monsters on oh my mobile God. oh you know it I know of it. Okay. Do you know it, Justin? I'm, I'm Googling it. He's I'm Googling singing it. He's, so that means he doesn't know No, it. he's binging it. He's binging it. He's Norton safe searching <laughs> Listen, I get like 50 bucks a year from using Bing. <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> um, so My Singing Monsters is... I know this! There's no challenge. No challenge whatsoever. The object of the game is to breed different monsters... <laughs> Yes, breed. I said breed. It's very funny. No, I'm just, I'm just remembering. <laughs> but you um, have the different. So every monster has a different. Um, um, Music. I don't want to say note, but they have like a different tune or a different um, sound, like sound that they will emit. Just say sound. And I can say it's, yeah, it's tune. Let's go with tune. Um, they have a different music. They have different <laughs> sound waves, and. Um, the more that you collect, the more of a song that you will create. And <clears throat> the appeal behind the game is if you collect different types of monsters, it will create a different song that they will sing. And the appeal that makes you keep coming back to the game, because it is one of those games where you have to hatch the monsters, of course, which can take up to like 15, 16 hours sometimes, um, unless you... Crack open that wallet. <laughs> um, the the appeal is to hear all the different kind of combinations that you can come up with, and that's what keeps bringing me back to the game. I haven't played it 
in a long time. I I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I I only thought about it because I played it last year actually for like two weeks and spent. Don't don't even say a number. Some money. I don't want a number. Why? And then stopped playing it again. Because I am responsible with my money. <laughs> That's what we call disposable income. <laughs> Literally. Bartending, man. Um, <clears throat> but but that so that's an example of a game that can have player retention. Because when I when I really was playing this game, I played it. I remember we were still in high school or or middle school. Whenever I don't remember when it came out, but I I remember checking it every day when I got home from school. I had to check it. I, that was the first thing is I grabbed my iPad and I checked to see where the breeding was and I could collect all the food from my bakeries and I got all the gold coins from my monsters that were singing for 16 hours straight. And <laughs> but are you like playing? Like what is the definition of playing at that point? I feel like that's not, you're not engaging you're not really, in gameplay. You're are not you? really playing it, but... The reward. In a, by definition, it is a video game. It's a mobile game. Do you really play any of those types of mobile games where you kind of just sit and build a base and wait for things to build for 16 hours? Yet those are probably some of the most popular types of mobile games. There was... Is uh, there any challenge associated with that whatsoever? No. No, but that that's describing what what i was saying of how if you're not providing a gameplay challenge for the purse for the player then it comes down to a stream of reward for either waiting or just just giving players so you're, okay. you're getting something from okay. whether it's your time or uh or just through maybe like basic gameplay something you're get that's how it's retaining you because oh what did i get let me check where my my stuff is how much did things did i receive right, what is my right, reward right. for today um when you, what was it? Uh, a game that I played that I could say is it was kind of like that. It was maybe a little bit in the middle. Um, uh, you may have heard of this series. They have like a quite a few variants, but they all play exactly the same way. Um, CSR Racing. I've um, heard of it. It's sort of like a drag racing type of game, and the the gameplay basically is um, throttle and controlling like when you shift the car, and depending on like. You know, where you shift, you'll get, like, extra points or, you know, your car will go a little bit faster than the other guys. So there is a little bit of skill in trying to time that stuff, but um, you only get a certain amount of gas. So you can only race a certain amount of times mm. until it refills the next day or a certain amount of hours after you've uh, played 12 hours or so or 24 hours, something like that. And uh, I remember during, what was it, Hurricane Sandy after we had the power outages and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I played the fuck out of that game for like six days or seven days or however long I didn't have power because I had nothing else to do. Right. <laughs> and it kept me coming back because I event like every time I would, you know, go through the races and I would, I would get rewards. I would get progress and it would be enough to keep me there. But but not enough that I would like get bored with it. Like, oh, I'm just getting all the stuff. Like, what's the point? It's like it it keeps you. That's it fair. Dangles it in front of your face that, that, a little bit. That's fair because I, I I do remember when I was playing that game. Um, it at a certain point it became like when I first started playing. I was you know I would check the app. I would hang out there for you know, you know five ten minutes just to like listen to the song and like play with all the different features and that kind of stuff. 
And then <clears throat> later on in the life cycle of me playing that game, it was kind of just like, okay, going through the motions, open the app, collect all my stuff, close it out, check it in. Like, you are know, you playing the game? Hours. You're not no. even doing yeah, anything. You're, in I it. guess not. You're not really playing it. You're kind of just like harvesting your resources. <laughs> There's a mobile game. Uh, it's called My Oasis. It's on. Uh, I've heard of that. It's on Android. I don't know if it's on iOS, but it kind of balances. It's not really a game. It's like you can interact with different things to collect. Like I don't even remember what they were called because it's been so long. But you're tr building like this nature oasis on like a floating island, and um, there's animals that you can interact with, and uh, you know you can interact with the stars and certain music and weather, blah blah blah, and it'll naturally generate these like points or whatever for you to kind of like cookie clicker buy more stuff to generate more points faster and blah, 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 whatever um so if you wanted to you can just let it go for a couple months come back to it or you can actively engage with it to make it go faster mm -hmm. um so that's not really challenging but it's still you know giving you that that engagement if you want it to be there yeah um i think, it, I think it's it's a good comparison like difficulty versus you know player retention yeah. um a lot of those games don't let you just let it sit for a month you know they'll yeah. put an arbitrary cap on how many coins or whatever you can accure yeah. over a given time period that way you have to come go back and check it and if you don't you start losing or something no, you don't lose it but you don't just you just don't gain anymore yeah, you know yeah. you have to reset that timer by collecting all your stuff and mm -hmm. that's how they get you that's how they can shove more promotions in your face and all that kind of stuff for you to spend more money right because that's what it's all about money money i think at the end of the day um what what really comes down to is some games are just not for everyone no, that there is everybody is going to have a different game and if you want to like the the scale and the obscurity of where this all started the 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 Dark Souls universe or world I guess the cinematic universe is <laughs> so ob oblique and so dark and and like fucking entropic that it's fascinating to explore and to learn stuff from to interact with these characters and enemies and bosses if you want i i honestly think if you want to experience that you either a have to go in with the vision that and and battle it with the vision that the developer wants you to experience it in or download a mod Something to make it easier. Something to make it See, easier. Like with, with games that are designed with that as like a part of the core part of the core experience, it's like if you make it I feel like the Dark Souls, right. if you make it easy, you make it you take away too accessible. That what the part of the, a large part of that experience is for that game is the difficulty and is the overcoming those those difficult challenges mm -hmm. by getting more skilled by recognizing patterns and being strategic like that's the sad that's a large that's majority of the satisfaction that comes from the game yes there's like a world and there's lore and it's a very enthralling environment to be in but it's not like there's a gripping narrative or something like it's being in the world and overcoming the challenges presented in that world that is the experience mm -hmm. if you take that for some games if you take that away you've taken away 
a lot of the what makes the game the game. Yeah, so I and, think and that's that's, that's not <clears throat> like for me. I'll use myself as an ex- as an example. That's not really my thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I there's nothing enjoying to me about enjoyable to me about replaying the same sections of a game over and over. I understand that that's the appeal and that's what works for a lot of people. But for me, it's like, yeah, sure. Once or twice, it's like, okay, yeah, I made a mistake. I did something wrong. Uh, Now I got to do it again. But it's like, if I'm trying to fight and kill a boss and the boss kills me, and now I have to go all the way back to this checkpoint and I have to fight all of these enemies all over again. It's like... Well, so that, that it's was just frustrating that was at a, a big, certain point. That's a big problem with a lot of like. So, I God, think I've been, when I try to play Demon Souls, man, yeah. that that aspect of like Demon Soul, the earlier. So I think From Software <sighs> has learned shit. a lot from them, pretty much creating the well, pioneering in this new type of game that everyone's trying to copy now. Like Neo, um, Jedi Fallen Order, are all following the Soulsborne, you know, format, right? I think. And all of these games are plagued with issues like you're talking about, Brian. Like, you know, poor checkpoints, um, either being too frequent or too infrequent, um, difficulty spikes that are unexpected, or, or I, I, I think and that's the problem with 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 those games that kind of have like shitty checkpoint systems. I'm not saying Dark Souls right. is one of those, but but games that do have shitty checkpoint systems, um kind of suffer from those negative feedback loops where you are presented with a challenge the challenge beats you you have to now repeat all of that stuff and the more and more and more you have to do that the more shortcuts you're going to try to take because you're getting frustrated and you don't want to play this section of the game all over again and now you're taking shortcuts and you're not playing on top of your game because you're getting frustrated. It's almost like Outlaw Golf was onto something with their composure <laughs> meter. It, it helps. <laughs> but you start playing like shit. Yeah. And yeah. it just compounds itself. And at that point, you just have to, to put the game down and just Walk come away. back later. Yeah. You know, like you said, you came back to Sekiro like Bloodborne. Bloodborne. You came back to Bloodborne. I don't know how, how long later A was, year. was it? A year. Yeah. It helps that to, for. That was a lot of words that didn't make any sense together. It helps when game developers <laughs> uh, it helps when game developers try and remove or mitigate like obtrusive barriers for these hard games, so these hard sections of 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 these game of these levels and experiences and stuff. For example, a game that does it good is Celeste. When you die, it's like, bam, I'm right back yeah. at the beginning of where I was. I don't have to wait. I don't have to... Because those, when, especially in a difficult experience, something that is is taking a lot of, of your brain power and is repetitive and you need to continue to try and try again, you don't want to have to wait. Those small annoyances and things become much and much more amplified when you're trying to overcome these... these <laughs> difficult challenges yeah. i don't want to have to wait every time i die in in super mario bros uh like or something like that where it goes dun, 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 dun. you know what? and yep. then i restart the level it's like i gotta hear that sixteen thousand times yep. and wait the collective extra 50 minutes that it took because those are each like seven to eight sec- second yeah. segments or something like that you want to remove yeah, when it's something that needs to be repeated over and over to try and gain the skill to overcome it, you want to remove those those, yeah. those barriers that, that come up that may seem unobtrusive or may seem small but 
are much more amplified when it's in that kind of environment. Right. It's, so like, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, I hated I hated and I still haven't beat Demon Souls. It's been like a year. I still I need maybe I need to come back to it. It's about that time. It's about you know, I think you and I need to sit down and do some Demon Souls. Justin. Oh my god. It it I couldn't even I think I beat like the first boss and then the second guy I or boss the second large enemy whatever <laughs> Not everything's, even a, boss. Boss. everything's, everything's a, a boss everything's a boss the second large enemy um I could not get past, and every time I I died from him, and I had to go back all the way through this section of like a castle and yep. beat the guys that I already beat, and it just it was not enjoyable for me yeah. at all. It got frustrating to the point that I there was I I did not like what I was doing. I yeah. didn't want to do it anymore. It, if, it, if you could just if it would re like like checkpoint you right at the start of that boss fight, and you could kind of just walk through that little gate and just go back at the boss, you know, right from the point where you got killed, I think it would be, that would be a good way of making the game more accessible to people. Absolutely. It, it be, but that that whole aspect of backtracking and doing all of these sections constantly over and over again, it really, I don't think I'm in the minority when I say that that's just I think it, kind of annoying. Oh, no, absolutely. Artificially inflates the difficulty yeah. because Whether of it's intentional different. or not yeah. is a different story. So I think that's where... Sekiro did a very good job. I noticed it immediately. The checkpoints were placed in a way that if you wanted to, you could just go straight back to the boss or you can farm around for extra, not souls, like coins or whatever. Mm -hmm. They were coins in that game. Um, Dark Souls 1 the, has one of the best map designs in any open world game, like in my opinion, hands down. And it's considered one of the best in regards to um, complexity and interconnectedness. Um, and because of that, you're, if you're having trouble at this part right here, all right, maybe I'm not supposed to be over here. Let me, let me try somewhere else. And you go down another path that you didn't even know and whatever, you're following this path and all of a sudden you're back up to where you were. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm back here already. Holy shit. Why does this bring me over here? Blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you can ebb and flow your way through, and I th I think as games get more complex, they're gonna get either harder or more accessible or both. Um, I think something that many games, especially games that are designed around, here's a challenge, get over it, are always gonna be met with some flack pushback and pushback, um... whatever and that's completely fine you know you have your right to 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 be upset for not like you're so excited for this game everybody's all of your friends love this game but you can't play it because you're not not necessarily you're not good enough at, at games it's just, you're this just is, not enjoying you're it just, you're just not enjoying it and you're trying to force yourself if this is not your kind of game just don't go for it you know um like Maybe Brian's, come back to it a while come back from now. To it. You might enjoy it again. Um, like Brian, like you said, um, nowadays there's YouTube. You know, some uh, like streamers and YouTubers, not all, but some of them have very fantastic ways of experiencing a game through their playthroughs. So if you're not able to play it, you you have I know it's, it sounds silly, but you have the ability to watch someone else experience, and you can live vicariously that way. That's how people people watch sports that way, you know, 
like we Justin, you and I have watched tournaments of Smash because that's probably how like tons of people's yeah. let's let's play careers you know got started. Absolutely. Oh, I would like for example, I would never play Amnesia: The Dark Descent, but I've watched people play. Yeah, it. <laughs> I've watched Jack play it on. Um, Sharpshooter Productions. Stop. We're not going back to that. You know, before we do that, we're no, no. <laughs> Does anybody any have... closing thoughts? Yeah, because I think I think the the this room is uh, coming to a close. I see the wall approaching. Getting the whole wall is the whole wall is getting a little it's migrating. New. This it's been way. migrating for quite some it's like time. The fucking staircases in Hogwarts. The walls just shift. I I thought you were gonna say like the staircase in Mario sixty four. Or the staircase that Ed's uh... mom took away. <laughs> <laughs> it took away my he stairs. Took away I'm... my stairs because I am grounded. That's disturbing. That's disturbing. Um, as a closing kind of sentiment, I I think I just kind of want to reiterate that there's no easy answer to this question there's no easy answers to anything in life really and i think it's, it's hard it's, and i don't like it <laughs> books hard <laughs> um but i i i don't think that it's right to say that certain games are too difficult for players or cer- let me reiterate um a game needs games... to be accessible but not like every game needs to be accessible to people who may have certain conditions, like visual. no, absolutely, absolutely. Abs- we're not trying to get at that at any at any point. What what um, I'm trying to say is, I think that as long as a game is polished to the point where it's fair, if it presents a fair challenge, it doesn't need to be altered in order to increase its appeal to more casual players. Right, I think if, that's a good way to if put it. Shouldn't game compromise is, it, on the vision that the right, developer right. has. Dark Souls for the game. is a very difficult game, but it's a fair difficulty. Yeah, the the enemies telegraph their attacks. You can learn from their patterns and recognize where you went wrong in order to try to improve and get better to overcome those challenges. Yep. I'm taking... if, it, if a game is like Halo Two, where you're just kind of getting yeah. killed by things that you're not fast enough to react to because they don't telegraph, and it's just kind of like. Well, you didn't memorize where the enemies were, so you lose. Then, yeah, then the game should be tweaked yes. to be a little bit more balanced to the players. Um, but I don't think it's right to just funnel every game into it needs to be easier or it needs to be more challenging. It's just games are what they are. They are what the developer sets out to create. And if that's what you're looking for that's what you're looking for mm-hmm. not every game is for you yeah it's just what that's how it is um yeah i agree with you i'm not going to play a sports game because they're just not like as much as i like i do martial arts as much as i love tennis i'm not going to play the hardcore ones because i don't i don't think that's my kind of game so I'm going to stay away from it. I would never play a regular golf game. Yeah. I don't think I would ever play a regular golf game. I have played but, P- but Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2008. That's a pretty good one. Which is actually worked on by the people who made Outlaw Golf after they oh, were fuck. acquired by EA. Oh, my God. <laughs> but but I play Outlaw Golf because it's kind of a fun twist there you go. on what's now, normally oh, a rather unexciting think, kind of game to I think watch. one of our older rooms is seeping in. Simulation versus arcade games. Oof. <sighs> Justin, any closing thoughts? 
Game hard. <laughs> Thank you for joining us uh, in this room. Um, we follow will. us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. You can find all our, all but, of our links. But don't follow us around physically. It's a little weird. Please don't. I mean, I don't do anything, so you guys would be just pretty bored. You play, you play Dark Souls. Come play visit Dark me Souls, at work. Yeah. I'm a bartender. I'll make you drinks. Come visit me at work. Give me all your money. Give me your work, mind. Work in finance. Give me your fucking money. <laughs> That's what I well, say at work all the time to hype myself up. Once pot. again, thank you, everyone. You find all of our links in our uh, in our about section on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Um, follow us. We're idiots, so you know you're always gonna be able to get enjoyment out of our pain. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. See you next time. Have in a the good next night, room. everybody.